Are you ready to invest in yourself today? Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. Where investment leader Billy Epperhart teaches you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom. Scripture says in Deuteronomy 8.18, Remember the Lord, your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. At Wealth Builders, our goal is to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. I'm going to pivot for a second just uh, and kind of start asking you questions around maybe some of the differences in organizational leadership and entrepreneurial endeavors. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of overlap, um, sure. but but there is a, a different set of energy, a, maybe a different set of skill set that um, that people will need to develop each one. And as individuals are, are navigating maybe what God's calling them to, my generation, millennials are some of the most entrepreneurial generation out there, um, which I think means we fail a lot too. So when when someone's really praying through you know, what, what their, what their calling is, how, how would you, how would you help someone who's trying to identify if, if being an entrepreneur or starting a new entrepreneurial endeavor, like what do they need to be thinking about and praying about as they pray through the possibility of taking that kind of risk? What are they, what kind of uh, pressure is needed? What kind of internal reserves do they need to have or, or, or or personality bent, not personality bent, but more just like the grid it takes to, 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 uh, 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 to to endeavor in something entrepreneurial, how would you counsel them or coach them as they're navigating that process and praying that through? Well, I think as entrepreneurs, it's a great question. And I think as entrepreneurs, basically when you're starting a business, you have to do everything. Mm-hmm. And you also, not only do you have to do everything, you have to learn everything. So in other words, you have, you're, you're going to find out quickly. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And you're, you're so part of an, for, part of being an entrepreneur is the discovery process of everything. And I, I say there's, I always teach there's when, when it comes to understanding and even people in organizational leadership can understand this, but it's really true as an entrepreneur. You have you have five categories that you have to think in terms of. The first one is your brand. The second one is what I call legal, how you're going to be set up. The third is finance. Many entrepreneurs are not strong in finance. And then fourth is operations. And then I call fifth being legacy. Now, the reason I bring that up is because most of the time entrepreneurs, when they begin, they don't have to think about those things. They mm-hmm. need to really be focused more on their on their uh, revenue streams and exactly how they're going to make money and, ha- mm-hmm. and really have an understanding of that. Yeah. And then the uh, one of the greatest, I think, challenges that entrepreneurs have and what they face is they have to be willing to pivot or they have to be willing to change, like to say, follow the money. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for example, if you think about Twitter, Twitter at one time was called bourbon and they did this whole photo sharing thing. And then Twitter evolved and became what it is today, but they pivoted and went to where the revenue stream was coming in. Mm. I like to say it this way, a good entrepreneur will be the most efficient with their time and energy on how they're going to make money. I find I see a lot of entrepreneurs make the mistake that they they chase a good idea, but they have a bad business plan or what I call a bad business model. Mm-hmm. Business model always will be connected to revenue streams. So an entrepreneur's got to pivot and do that. When you're in organizational leadership, the things that you don't have kind of supplied as an entrepreneur, you got to go out and get yourself. It's like mm-hmm. it's, literally, it's like hunting for every meal mm-hmm. when you're an entrepreneur. When you're in organizational leadership, the meals are already there. 
right? I don't mm-hmm. have to go hunting for the meal. But then the the requirement that that you have to develop leaders, you have more resources over yeah. here. Typically, in an mm-hmm. organizational leadership setup, you have more. Like if I go to AWM, right? I'm not overly concerned about my, what my resources are because you got Andrew Womack and he's yeah. bringing in the revenue, right? Mm-hmm. He's on television, mm-hmm. so I have to be more concerned about how we steering the organization, what kind yeah. of leadership are being developed. It's two different requirements between mm-hmm. what is required in the beginning stages of right. entrepreneur. Now, a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck when they build a larger company and they don't know how to pivot to organizational leadership mm-hmm. and that those pieces. And so I think the greatest entrepreneurs are those that are able to go through all those stages. Yeah. That, that is a tremendous challenge. And so organizational leadership is more about developing people, leading people. And I'll tell you something else it's about, it's about decision-making, how you make decisions. And we can talk about a whole lot about, about that, but that transparency communication I was talking yeah. about mm-hmm. uh, yesterday in the, in the pastor's meeting. So, I think there is a distinct difference between the two. I'm going to write a new book called Kingdom CEO. And in the book, I'm going to, I'm going to deal with those two aspects, the difference between being a startup Mm -hmm. or actually being in something that's already established and what the demands and requirements are and how, how different they are. Yeah. How, How would someone identify the, their own framework if they're going to be more entrepreneurial? I mean, I asked that question and I almost immediately, the entrepreneurial people I know, it's like, well, they just know, yeah. but I know that there are people who <laughs> grapple with that. So sure. like what, what kind of things you would say, like, Hey, if you're not, you said one of them is the, the, like, if you don't have a learner's mentality or a willingness to grow and develop yourself, you're probably not an entrepreneurial because you get into a new arena that you just don't know. So you have to learn a lot. So that'd be one would, what would be maybe two or three others that like, if you aren't ready for this, mm-hmm. I don't encourage you to branch out and entrepreneurial. Well, security can't be overly important to you. So yeah. if, if security, if being safe and secure is something that is just a part of your makeup, being an entrepreneur is not going to work because yeah. you're going to, you're going to worry and fret every day. Entrepreneurs are willing to lay everything down and risk everything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, especially young people I talk to, but, but there's also middle-aged folk and others who, who, of course, I come across all the time in in wealth builders, and they, and they ask those same questions. So one way to do it is you can do stuff like passive investing, like in real estate, and go ahead and kind of stretch your wings, and without having to give up your in your your job income, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So so let me say this, and I'm on point. Doesn't sound like I am, but I am. The Lord gave me what I call my trademark triple X factor, where mm-hmm. I show people at the that there's three levels of income. The first is what you call job income, mm-hmm. right? You work, you get paid. The second is more investment income or what we call passive income. And that is, that's over here, it's income you work for. Over here, it's income you manage. Mm-hmm. And then the third X is is income that that works for you. Uh, without you managing it, it's it's totally you're totally separate from your mm-hmm. direct involvement. The point I'm making is is that when you have jobs, you're at the first X. Yeah. When you have investments, so some people can move to that second X. They can move to that second level, and do it where they still have their first, what I call first X income. Yeah. And they can do that. But most of the time, the really the really aggressive entrepreneurs they jump right to the second X and they're mm-hmm. either going to sink or swim mm-hmm. at that level. And it's good to kind of have a perspective to kind of see where you are on that guideline of what I call the level one, level two, level three. 
our first X, second X, third X. And so as you understand that, it helps give you a framework in your mind and you can kind of figure out what your risk factor, where you are in that process. Now, me, I just jumped, right? I just jumped in the beginning. <laughs> I Literally, I jumped. I'm not kidding. So I actually started two churches from scratch. Wow. And, it, and every time I started a church, I also had a business. And so when you run, I used to have a home magazine years uh -huh. ago called Home Sweet Homes. And back in the day, you know, now you just pull up your phone, look at on Zillow or Realtor.com. Back <laughs> uh -huh. in those days, you you know, the only way yeah. you could look at a house was was in a magazine, uh -huh. right? So most young people don't know that ever existed, but that <laughs> used to be a really, really good business. Uh, sounds rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of work. <laughs> wow. Um, when it comes to um, the skills of organizational leadership, I know that when you're leading either a department or or maybe a higher responsibility of like a division or an executive there there are uh certain dangers uh, or challenges that uh organizations have one of them is lethargy one of them is uh focused more on process uh than uh actual execution mm -hmm. uh bu bureaucracy mm -hmm. uh red tape mm -hmm. uh rather than decision making so what would be some encouragements advice you'd give to, to identify maybe problems in an organization and then maybe some solutions, at least to the lethargy one. I think, you know, organizational leadership, when you, when you come in and we're talking about as a leader now, mm -hmm. as a leader, uh, one of the key elements is that you have to develop rapport with the people that are your primary executives or people that you're working with that you're depending on. A lot of entrepreneurs in organizational leadership as their business grows, the requirement of an entrepreneur at that level is a little bit different because what, because what you have to do is really work on qualifying who's around the table with mm -hmm. you. Because sometimes you, you just look for the most uh, most available person, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to the most qualified person. Yeah. In real organizational leadership, it, there there is a requirement on you to build rapport, to love people. People don't care how much you know, they know how much you care. But there also is a requirement on you to be able to discern in the room who's around the table. Mm -hmm. And if you've got a pebble in your shoe, right? And, and it's always aggravating you every time you, you're going to, as a leader, you have to be willing to make the hard decisions, mm -hmm. not only call them in and talk to them about it directly, but also be able to say, hey, you know what? You're just not a fit here. We appreciate you. We, we think you got a bright future, but, you know, you're not a fit here with us. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be able to make those hard decisions. Now, once you've done that, you get the right people around the table. And I like what's called transparency of communication, where you take it and you put the whole the whole issue or what you're trying to, to solve or where you're trying to go. And you put that on the table and get the common sense of the group. I call that transparency of communication. Everybody hears the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and sometimes there's not any real clear right or wrongs here. And so what you're trying to do, as I said yesterday is make, uh, you're not trying to make the best decision. You're trying to make a better decision, especially in organizational leadership, probably in Andrew Walmart ministries with 766 employees there. We have in the Paycom pay in in uh, in Woodland Park. The issue is there's so many different levels of leadership that you that 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 culture that you establish is key mm -hmm. to. It's actually it's actually more important than the vision. Mm -hmm. The vision's important, but that culture of transparency, of communication, of trust with each other builds teams that you're able to get the common sense of the teams. And it takes a while to get there. That transparency of communication and talking through things together, especially at executive level, 
it sounds like that would be maybe a key to leadership development because not only do you give people a chance to voice a perspective or their opinion, but they're also learning from other Absolutely. perspectives and opinion. How, how, what are maybe some other ways that you can suggest nurturing an environment of leadership development? Yeah. And so, so I always say this, that, that real leadership cannot be developed in the classroom. Real leadership is developed not through leadership teaching, but through leadership coaching. Mm -hmm. And leadership coaching has to happen in real time. So if you get, if you play sports, there's the speed of the game. So mm -hmm. if you're playing 10-year-old Little League baseball, you go from there, you go to junior high baseball, and you go to high school baseball. Mm -hmm. At every level you go, the ball speeds up. Mm -hmm. So the coaching has to happen at the level that they're actually in. And so they say that the greatest players, as they move up, the ball slows down, even though the ball's slowing up. Their ability to anticipate yeah. and know what's going to happen with the ball. So when you're coaching people in, in you have to, real leadership develops, is best developed in real-time coaching. Now, let me just say a side note. Sometimes in ministry, in churches, it's uh, churches become what I call a habitation of shepherds. I understand everybody may not know what I mean by that. But the soft skills leadership typically, I wouldn't say all the time, but typically are there. What's missing is executive level type leadership skills to be able to make decisions properly mm -hmm. and be able to develop other leaders. So you've got to have both. You've got to have that executive. So you got to be able to execute yeah. what, what the plan or where you're going is. And so uh, that may be a little vague and ambiguous there, but the truth is there is a difference. And so you have to create a culture and sometimes in, for example, in a local church, my opinion is in a local church, the demand on that is actually greater because you're dealing with a lot of volunteers and they're dealing with a lot of volunteers. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm with an organization like Andrew Walmart Ministries with that many employees. If somebody doesn't get on with a plan, yeah, I can say, God bless them. I can either reposition them, right? Yeah. Or position them out. Yeah. Whereas in, in a local church, the challenge for an executive is a little bit greater. Yeah. We hope you learned something of lasting value today from this Wealth Builders podcast. If you'd like any tools, teachings, or resources mentioned in the podcast, you'll find them online at wealthbuilders.org. Wealth Builders exists to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Wealth Builders is a nonprofit organization. We depend on your donations to keep this podcast running please consider donating to us on wealthbuilders.org.